Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again for the Vigilance Press podcast. It's been a little while, but we are back. Um, I apologize for the delay in releasing podcasts. We had a series of conventions to attend, but um, we had a very special announcement this week that I wanted to catch up with uh, John Lighthouser from Green Ronin. Uh, so we asked him on the show. John, how are you doing today? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, you guys have some exciting news, and I, I'm you know two days after the announcement, I'm not even sure how relevant the podcast is, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You guys have already funded your kick. You, your, your. This is your first Kickstarter for Green Ronin, isn't it? Yeah, it's the first one we've done. We've actually been talking about it for quite a while, and we we knew we wanted to do something at some point, probably for the last year and a half. Um, and we just wanted to find the right project for it. And uh, turns out, the 10 year anniversary limited edition Mutants and Masterminds Hero Handbook was the way to go. Super. So now that you've told people what it is, let's tell people what's inside so the the kickstarter is to to get a a hardcover special edition or 10th anniversary edition of the uh third edition of the rules correct correct okay so um and and we talked a little bit about this before the show what do we uh this now there's also going to be a uh a, a version of this book released in stores as well right the deluxe heroes handbook yeah, so the idea is to um, basically uh, look at their – kind of show off this product and say, hey, if there are people out there who want a special limited edition version of this book, uh, here here it is. Uh, come get it. And uh, we are going to do a normal non-limited edition version with uh, – I, I assume with the cover we have had on – the hero's handbook for a while now uh, mm-hmm. as the hardcover um, that we're going to do later in the year uh, in 2013. Okay. Um, so the book will eventually be available in the non-limited edition form, but this is going to be the, the super cool leatherette cover. I, I think we did something similar before I was with the company um, for first or second edition. They had a, a leatherette book that's, that actually is pretty neat looking. I, I actually remember when the, uh, the the second edition one came out, they did a, a leatherette version of it. And for me, I balked at that one because I had just started playing and they had shifted from uh, first edition to second edition. We're talking about the changes, but they hadn't released the book yet. And mm. it was being it was being released. You know, you you had to pre-order to get the special edition. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I want to throw fifty dollars at a set of rules that I may not use. You know, yes, kind of yes. thing. And it's kind of nice that this is coming out after the uh, the third edition rules have come out. So people who've been playing third edition know they like the rules. They they may want to get a special hardcover edition of the rule book if they don't already have the DC Adventures hardcover. Yeah, exactly. And and obviously there are some differences between DC and the Mutants and Masterminds Heroes Handbook too, because it's it includes the errata because it had the benefit of coming out after DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even uh, this hardcover will be updated slightly with the errata that we've found since the release of the soft cover. Um, so it should be uh, it should be a pretty cool book to to get your hands on i'm certainly looking forward to it and i'm pretty excited that after only two days we're already just slightly over eleven thousand dollars in fact just before Mm -hmm. we started talking it it made it over the eleven thousand mark so that's pretty great yeah yeah and you've got some neat um 
neat, neat goals that are still open, don't we? Um, there was uh, a couple of options in there to get uh, some famous Mutants and Masterminds folks to uh, Game Master for you. If you yeah. are, are any of those open? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the ones for me are open, but they're limited to the Seattle area. So we'll have to, yeah. to see if there's any uh, any people in the uh, in the city or in your surrounding area that are. Uh, big enough fans that they want to drop a thousand dollars to play in a game with me and, and some of their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Steve's cyber superhero ones has sold. So he will run a game for you and three of your friends at that level, uh, either using Skype or on Google hangout. Um, and then what's the, Oh, the $2,000 level. I actually, I would love to do this. I don't think Steve and I have ever actually played in a M M&M game together. Uh, him being in New Hampshire and me being in Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's uh, to play a game at Gen Con with uh, run by Steve with you and some of your friends. So yeah, that would be fun. Uh, yeah, it, it would be a good time. Two two grand to drop on that. That might be fun. <laughs> but I'm a publisher, so I'm broke. So exactly. Um. <laughs> but uh, no, that's really exciting that you guys were able to fund it so quickly and um, you know, it's uh, 160 backers I think, but it's still, I mean obviously people are really enthusiastic about the project and uh, with that kind of momentum you usually get uh, some of those other stretch goals but uh, let's talk about the stretch goals real quick since um, we're on the topic of the Kickstarter itself um, I mean, at uh, you're almost at the ribbon stage um, where where we get uh, a ribbon bookmark for the book. Mm-hmm. And I love those personally. I think those are super. I always I always like having a ribbon bookmark. Um, I can't. I I was like ecstatic when I had a large hardcover, and I and it actually had two ribbon bookmarks sewn into yeah. it. Yeah, and they're they're very handy. It's it's not uh, it's not the sexiest thing in the world in terms of a stretch goal, but it's you know when you're using the book at the table all the time, it comes in pretty useful to just be like, oh, I'll put this here, and then I have my page marked. Yep, um, and, I'm, and I'm not sitting there trying to mark it with a die or something. Exactly, <laughs> you know, whatever's exactly. handy that's going to destroy the binding. <laughs> Post-it notes. Post-it notes. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, I can't tell you. I used to have a book that was just filled with those little sticky tabs that you. Yep. Just you know, little little post-it note style tabs yep. that would stick out the side. It, it it looked like some crazy thing out of uh, a Harry Potter character's book bag or something. It was just yeah. like fringe coming off the top of it. And then, uh, <laughs> so after after the ribbon, we've got uh, the one that I actually really hope we get funded. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose we're only a few thousand dollars away from it, but even so, I hope it happens. Uh, is the uh, re-laying out the quick start character generator that was in the GM's kit mm-hmm. um, into the actual rule book, uh, which would be fantastic. Uh, people's response to that has been great, and we'd like to have it in everybody's hands because it's just so darn useful. It is. Um, I know Leon's excited about that possibility, too. He, he already posted Yeah, that. and uh, I actually contacted uh, Leon Chang as the james is referring to who is mm-hmm. the co-writer on that with me mm-hmm. and uh i actually contacted him earlier in the summer because like i said we knew we were going to do this book for a while and said hey we're gonna republish the character generator do you want to go through your stat blocks uh or, you know like the, the different archetypes and uh 
fix all the errors that we had found over time and make whatever other changes. And he said, sure. And I think he's gotten me eight of the 10. Maybe he's gotten me all 10 now uh, that he's done rewrites on. Uh, and they're not gigantic rewrites, but it's fixing up the errors that were in there, like the, the alien warrior, otherworldly warrior. I forget what it was, but mm-hmm. they had it ended up with uh, – breaking its PL limits on defense with one particular combination. So, um, and whatever other things like that, I still need to go through and fix mine, but, uh, so it's going to be ready to go and, uh, we'll hopefully get that included in the book. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that. I, I hope, um, I hope that means that it would also, um, work its way into the standard quote unquote standard deluxe edition of the hero's handbook, as well as the, 10th anniversary but uh, yeah the, the non-limited edition version. yeah 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 so just to be clear on what we're talking about uh so the leatherette cover is the limited edition version mm-hmm. of this book that we're kickstarting. starting uh we also are planning on publishing a hardcover version of the hero's handbook uh that is not limited edition it is not the leatherette cover um and so we're going to, uh, I, I think, all of the stuff that gets um, included in the Kickstart version of the book will also go into the non-limited edition version. Uh, I'm not sure if everything will be included. Like, I don't know uh, at the 20,000, well, certainly at 17,500, uh, the book plate wouldn't be included in the standard edition that'll only be in the limited edition and then at the 20,000 level i'm not sure if that whole appendix about uh essays from me and steve and chris uh, chris premis and uh other people uh, about the history of mutants and masterminds would be included in the standard edition um and uh then at the twenty-five thousand dollar level is stats of previous edition characters that were popular uh and i think no, that might be fun to include in both. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be handled. So. Now, when you say previous uh, characters who are popular, do we al- do you already have uh, uh, you know a, a group of, of characters that you guys have picked, or is there going to be some sort of crowdsourcing, you know, you know, voting I, pool I on that? Will, yeah, I <laughs> think it will probably be a combination of things. Um, so I know Steve and I have talked about a handful of characters and I think we want to get people's input. Um, but we'll have to, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there because it may, you know, we may just say, Hey, let's just crowdsource all of them and see what people want to see. Um, I think the one group of characters that people would be interested in seeing that they haven't seen, uh, since first edition would be the, uh, the, the setting material from, was it super unicorn? But um, is that something that would be a possibility for consideration, or is that uh, is is that are you guys, is that not not within the scope of it? I don't think that's within the scope simply because that's not stuff we own. That's all owned by Super Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I don't know if those guys are around as a as an entity anymore. I work with one of the guys now at, at my day job, but okay, he is not involved in anything related to Super Unicorn anymore. So I don't. Okay. Know, but, uh, what the state of that product is. Well, and also Eric Mona was one of the members of Super Unicorn, and now he's the publisher over at Paizo, so he probably doesn't have a lot of uh, free time to be working on Super Unicorn stuff. Anyway. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah, I just noticed that uh, people t- that that question tends to pop up on the forums a lot. People are very interested in that, uh, that group of characters. They did have yeah. a lot of personality to them. Yeah, it was some really super interesting stuff. Yep. 
so we've got um, so you're prob so we're probably talking mostly about Freedom City um, stuff and are uh, um, any of the other you know it would be interesting to me to see some other stuff kind of make it in from some of the second edition source books that weren't necessarily directly related to Freedom City but uh, yeah I mean and again I think some of that stuff is probably going to come from the backers in terms of uh, what gets included so uh, I'd, I'd be really interested to see what people have to say because hey for steve and i it's just a matter of sitting down with an old stat block and converting it to third edition which is not uh, particularly tricky maybe updating the background a little bit to you know reflect the passage of some time and um, get it back out there in front of people I'm, I'm looking forward to that that one as well but i i, I love writing up characters so that's my uh yeah, me too. I, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I tend to I tend to forget that love when I'm sitting here and grinding them out. But um, oh. we uh, one of the things that I was uh, excited about when I saw the the options um, for funding the rewards levels um, was uh, the the one of these backers backing rewards is already sold out. That's the 200 one where you get to people to post. Um, their characters on the Mutants and Masterminds website. Now, I'm assuming, um, and you say, of course, you retain the copyright to your character. I'm assuming you mean, you know, these people will get on the front page. What other, uh, do you guys plan to maybe add some more reward levels going forward, or since those sold out so quickly, or is there um, uh, I don't, a plan for that? I don't know if we will. Um, we limited that one to five backers. Uh, simply because uh, there's only so many of us who work at the company and who work on mutants and masterminds. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of time that we need to be spending on other things in order to continue to get products made. Sure. Um, so even five backers, like, yeah, yeah, I think we talked about that number. And, you know, do we want it to be five, five people, 10 people who can do this? Uh, and we settled on five just because that's, it's not going to be a huge amount of time because uh, there's going to be some development that has to go on with whatever character gets submitted in terms of like, you know, is it appropriate? You know, we don't want to have whatever, something really lame and offensive or whatever. We're, we're not mm -hmm. going to be okay with that. So, uh, and then just working with the character to make sure it's written up to the satisfaction of the person who submits it and um, to our satisfaction and uh, however much background that the, the person comes to us with. Uh, will either need to be fleshed out or cut down or, uh, you know, because we've got, it'll probably be a similar format to like the threat report. So just a, a couple of pages. Will they be including artwork with this or is there, is there? Yeah, I think that's part of the deal is there's okay. this artwork that gets generated as well. Um, nice. I, I'd need to check with Hal on that. But yeah, it seems uh, it would not be quite as much fun if it was, uh, you know, just here's a stat block and you're ready to go. So sure, sure. that's a super deal. Um, yeah. So <laughs> even, you know, for 200 bucks, uh, you know, about a hundred of that is covering artwork and I'm sure the other hundred actually gets eaten up with editing and development and layout time. So you're really just paying to get that character up there. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it is a pretty good deal and it's going to be a lot of fun because I, I love to see what everybody else can, can generate in terms of ideas. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, we had a uh, project that uh, Dan and I started over a year ago, and we're just now closing in on, on being able to announce like a publication date for that on uh, on a similar project. But um, we we took on a lot more 
than we realized, I think. <laughs> yeah. It, well, <laughs> With that project, it, there's a lot that goes into editing and oh, yeah. layout yeah. and getting the artwork done. And, and uh, you know, we, we, uh, we'll probably be extending a project like that again in the future, but uh, we're probably going to be upgrading the price point on that significantly. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool reward. I, th- I think all the awards here. I mean, you know, everything from Minion all the way up um, are definitely there's some there's something there if you're a Mutants and Masterminds fan. I mean, if you just want the book, it's what uh, sixty bucks or yeah, the know. book itself is sixty dollars. Um, and actually, what I thought was really interesting. Uh, well, yeah, and then if you want to go uh, down the list a little bit, mm-hmm. or I guess back up the list uh, to get the PDF version, I think is uh, uh, just twenty dollars. Uh, and then the at the thirty dollar level, you get the PDF, and you get a PDF of the uh, Mutants and Masters Game Master's Guide. Okay, Mutants and Masterminds. Can I can I talk? Did I say that wrong? <laughs> um, the Game Master's Guide. So that's actually a pretty good level, too, if you're not currently a uh, M&M... Well, really, if you are currently an M&M player uh, and you want the updated rules, that's a really good level uh, because you get the updated PDF, and then uh, if you didn't previously own the Game Master's Guide on PDF, you get that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first three pledges, because I was watching... Uh-huh. Were at was actually all, all the first three were at the eighty dollar level, which I thought was really cool. Ah, cool! The people yeah. want those prints. The, yeah, they want uh, the, the cover prints, art, which I thought was great. So, because we've had some really good cover art. I mean, Ramon Perez did first edition. I want to say, didn't he and do? I think he did first and second, didn't he? Did he do or, first and second? Yeah, we can't afford him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he well, just yeah. won. I've spoken. I've spoken to Ramon at at conventions. He's a really nice guy, and he's got some yeah. awesome artwork. Um, yeah, he's fantastic, and uh, I loved his artwork throughout the the Freedom City books. And yeah, um, me too. And uh, the covers. He did the first two covers, and then um, the third cover was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the. the isn't imaginary it? friends? Yes, imaginary friends. Yeah, they do some really good work too. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking, I'm looking at their, the cover they did to the Supernatural Handbook, which will be out very shortly. That also looks fantastic. That's actually... I, I, will, I will definitely be talking to you more about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so we've got uh, a couple of other uh, ones I wanted to point out, which I thought were kind of interesting. Um, the, uh, the old school superhero... That's yeah. that's kind of a cool. If if you like if you're like me and you like archiving stuff, um, you get a copy of the first edition of the book, um, which which was a very different beast uh, visually. I remember. Um, I mean, it's it's still it's still very clean, very professional, everything. But um, the iterations as it goes forward, I think the uh, the style of the art became a little more. Maybe a little more Silver Age, um, mm-hmm. with uh, a little less grittiness to it. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's just my perception on things. But um, I really, and you know that first, that first superhero role-playing game that I picked up, that I ever saw like full-color artwork in it. That was that first edition Mutants and Masterminds book. So, if you guys don't have a copy of that. That's a really cool way to get it. Is is for that because uh, you'll get the old school, the first edition, and the uh, special 
10th anniversary edition. So, Yeah, and the, the story behind that is pretty interesting, too, because uh, we've been sold out of that book forever, the first edition. Mm-hmm. And Chris was going through, I don't think it was where our warehouse is. I think it was actually in his garage. Mm-hmm. He, he was going through a bunch of stuff because he has... Uh, stuff that's just stored in his garage because he needs to have some product handy. And, uh, he was digging through stuff and he was like, Oh crap, I got a box of 18, <laughs> 18 first edition mutants masterminds books here. And so, uh, he found those and was like, yeah, this might be kind of cool for people. So, uh, we decided to throw those into the, into the Kickstarter and, and see if people be interested. And sure enough, we got 10 of the 18 sold, which is great. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, and they've been sealed up probably since they were produced, so they should be in good shape. That new book smell. Yeah, exactly. They're probably <laughs> in great shape. So, um, speaking as somebody who's about to, to launch his own Kickstarter, um, hopefully in the next month or so. Um, What's that, James? You're going to have a Kickstarter? Yes. I, well, you know, it's the it's the in thing, right? Everybody's it is, doing it. Well, it's, it's a great thing to do. So. <laughs> and all the cool kids are doing it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like I was on Kickstarter before Kickstarter was cool. Where my glasses? So now should I should we turn it around? Am I going to be interviewing you? <laughs> well, no. I had a question for you. I mean, what would you suggest to somebody? I mean, our, our, ours ours is basically going to have you know we're 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 going to have some reward levels and things like that. We we we're planning out right now. But what do you suggest as far as um, getting the word out? How do you guys you know try to let people know about your your Kickstarter and and kind of promote it. I mean, what's what's your overall strategy with that as uh, Green Running? Well, we're kind of um, taking a very low tech approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set uh, we set our goal on this Kickstarter really relatively low, um, but we did it so that we could reach our goal pretty quickly like you know we have i think we were probably at maybe 150 155 backers when we had met the goal mm-hmm. uh, and that's not a lot of people uh so that that turned out great because we don't have to reach everybody in uh everybody who's a mutants and masterminds fan in order to get this produced get it out the door and uh have something cool for a really you know the, the small group of really dedicated people who are into it. Uh, and it's easy to reach those people over things like Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, we don't really do mailing lists. But, uh, you know, over those two things, uh, it, just the, the social marketing of it has been the main goal. And, you know, plus uh, Kickstarter has its own social connections that it's doing now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's really all we've been doing to to kind of get the word out. And obviously, we have you know ten people who are part of Green Ronin, and so you get those ten people and all the people that they're connected to out in the out in the social universe, and uh, it it's, ends up being a fair number of people. So uh, I can't say exactly how many uh, how many different people we've actually contacted uh, or who have seen postings about the Kickstarter. But uh, obviously, uh, 160 of them who wanted to part with some money to help back this project and get it going. So, yeah, I mean, only four of whom were like five dollar backers. I mean, most of these people are are really looking to get the product. So that's, that's yeah, good. yeah. Um, 
and I, I should admit, of the 160, I think Nicole, uh, Chris's wife, and one of the owners of Green Rain, uh and I are at a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that we can follow the, the comments and see how everything's going. So, Very cool. That's a, that's a tip I'll have to take and suggest to all my contributors that they should all pledge a dollar. Not, not, not. Well, and it's also it's it's really <laughs> so useful. Follow it. Yeah, it's really useful even at the even if you're just interested in a product, like mm-hmm. pledge a dollar, and then you get all the stuff that's being sent. Uh, you know, updates from from the uh, from the creator because that's the only way to get that stuff. That's true. That's true. You uh, basically, it's it's a very focused mailing list. It's people who have already decided they want to spend money on it, and you're going to get updates you know like when i uh pledged for the um for the monty cook kickstarter mm-hmm. for numenera uh his his original role-playing game um or his recent original role-playing game the uh the interesting thing was kind of following the updates of you know where they were with the Kickstarter, what projects they had planned, and what what they were doing with the stretch goals. So yeah. it's um, you know definitely going to keep in the loop by doing that. Even just spending a dollar on it, that's going to mm-hmm. give you mm-hmm. that give you that uh, give you that inside inside scoop, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's pretty useful. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's very cool, um, and uh, I definitely hope that uh, people saved a couple of bucks for vigilance press going forward <laughs> but well, uh, yeah definitely run out and, and 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 buy into the green ronin uh kickstarter what were you saying there john i said i'm, I'm sure i'll buy i'll buy into it too so you, you'll put a dollar in there so you that's right i'll put it. a dollar in <laughs> you've got my dollar <laughs> No, well, well, the interesting thing about ours is basically it's our first opportunity uh, for Vigilance Press to try and get books out into stores. So we're juggling numbers right now to try and make sure that we don't underestimate the costs of things. That's the the main concern that that I'm that I'm working with right now is making sure that we don't uh, set our goals too low to actually meet them um with the with the funding but uh what we plan to do is um raise enough money to get the books that are paid for by kickstarter uh, fans printed and then if possible um you know uh, one of our stretch goals would be to get it out into stores and uh distributed through uh, diamond or one of the other similar gaming store uh distribution networks and uh, hopefully have our book sitting on the shelf next to mutants and masterminds books so that would be yeah really awesome. that, that would be great um <laughs> and i don't uh, let me talk don't listen james uh let me talk directly to the people who are listening because if you haven't checked out any vigilance press prog- products you certainly should because uh james has been putting out some great stuff for the last year or so and uh, it's really really great stuff so oh, thank you and you have a you have a free pdf right of the elements and ruin stuff Yep, that's actually a preview of our of our book, and we talked about it in previous podcasts. But it's it's available on RPG now. Um, it's it's called uh, the Elements of Ruin, the, the Challengers of Beacon City. It's kind of a big mouthful, but it's one chapter basically out of the Elements of Ruin book. So you get to see what the style of the layout's going to be like, what the art style's going to be like, and um, you get to see Jack's take on 
all of the characters that will be in the, the, the sample setting that comes with the book. And that sample setting is going to be uh, called Beacon City, which will be a very, um, it'll be like a mini version of a setting. It's, it's going to have a map of the city. It's going to have the characters. It's going to have um, important NPCs um, and, and some important overview of the setting. But since the book is not mostly about Beacon City, it's just a small part of the book. It's going to actually, um, you know, open up to other things. We wanted to give you the main characters. These are actually sample player characters that uh, players can use for their games um, because we're kind of targeting a power level 11 power level with the book. We figure people have been playing Mutants and Masterminds for a couple of years now, 3rd edition, so we wanted to, you know, give a good challenging campaign for people. And um, the characters are set at power level 11 and um, you can also turn them around and use them as villains. Uh, there's there's little essays, an essay in there on, on how to do that, a little examples of how to a character's personality or background to turn them into an evil version. So, um, and and it's free of charge. You get uh, eight characters, fully colorfully illustrated. Um, a beautiful piece of, of layout by Ruben Bird, and it's written by Jack Norris, who uh, has written a thing or two for you guys. As yeah, well. Jack. Jack's a darn good writer. Yep. Um, and the, and he's also worked a lot on the Marvel hero roleplay. And uh, believe it or not, he he still keeps promising that he's coming back on the show, even though we haven't had him on in about a year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed the elements. I just read it, well, just probably, I don't know, a month ago, uh, read it, and I like all the characters, so you guys did good work. Oh, thank you. Thank you much. Um, I only uh, uh, leveraged, um, I think, two of my own ideas in there, so... Um. <laughs> Viridian and um, Dreamweaver were my contributions. Basically, the the basic rundown and, and original sketches for their character design, and then Jack kind of illuminated their history and uh, created the stat blocks for us. So, cool. yeah, no, they're they're cool characters. But um, aside from that little self plugging, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more because people have tuned in to talk to to listen to you. I figure I might as well bug you about some of the other projects you guys have uh, been working on from time to time. So I'll just continue to bloviate on anything. And... <laughs> well, one of the things I, um, you mentioned, of course, you brought up the artwork for the cover of uh, the Supernatural's book. That was announced back in October. Oh, yeah. Um, Without, you know, I can't hold you to a date or anything because I know Green Ronin doesn't do that. But uh, where are you with the book? Tomorrow. It's coming tomorrow. No. Uh, <laughs> so we are recording this on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And no one can hold this against me. But our goal is to have it out on Wednesday. And if I knew what day it was, it is the 20th today. Uh, the goal is to have it out on the 24th of October. Nice. Uh, and so I don't know if we will absolutely reach that because I and a small army of very helpful people are proofreading the book right now to catch any last minute errors like duplicated colons and things like that, mm -hmm. um, uh, which I just found. Uh, so <laughs> we're, uh, 
we're. I was going to say, a duplicated your... colon sounds like a really bad medical condition. Yeah, no, I'm talking about duplicated colon in the text sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I am looking at the PDF now as we speak and going through and uh, reading through it and finding whatever errors we need to fix before it gets released. So that last uh, minute bug stomping. Exactly, which will always fail, and you never reach 100%, and <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. So, uh, But yeah, the book looks great. It's very different for us uh, in terms of art style and content. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by Lucian Solban, who's yep, also was, the, the he mastermind. He was on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, if yeah. people want to turn back and look at that. Uh, we had fun with him doing a riddle. I don't know if you listened to that podcast. Ah, yeah, I did. I do remember that. I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> uh, I did not have the answers to the riddles. So, uh, I we, we did have some winners, though. Some people figured it out. That was. Uh, I don't want to spoil it by talking about it, but um, um, you know, so the riddle has been answered. The, 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 there's no prizes left, but uh, if people want to try and figure out the riddle, don't go to Vigilance Press dot com and read the blog post or at least the comments on the blog post before you listen to the podcast because the uh, comments is where people the answers are there. Their answer. <laughs> yeah but um you know i posted the answers but uh it was it was it was a uh it was a fun it was a fun riddle and and i hope people uh enjoy playing that little mind game yeah. but um i love but riddles yes. so uh lucian was the guy behind uh hero high mm-hmm. which is a very very popular second edition book Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, I, I don't even think I was with the company when he originally pitched the Supernatural Handbook. Uh, I think when I started working for the company, either we already had the manuscript or he was already working on it um, for third or for second edition. It was supposed right, to come. Right, out. that was actually. I don't know if it was quote announced, but I do know it was leaked. Uh, yes, I think it was. Um, uh, someone noticed it on Amazon or something. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but it is a great book, and it was actually really fun because I, I sent it out to a few people to start proofing yesterday because uh, Hal just finished up the, the layout of it. Um, and uh, one of those people was uh, Nathan Collar, who you know very well. He does mm-hmm. a lot of things for you. Uh, and he was reading through it, and he wrote me back about an hour later, and he was like, oh, my God, this book is awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, that I have to say, I've seen, I've seen some of the text myself, and I'm really excited to see the artwork. So when I get my hands on the PDF, I'm going to be geeking out about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, art is very fun. Uh, we actually hired somebody else to do the art direction for the book, uh, Pauline Benny, who is uh, of uh, White Wolf. Uh, she was there for Ooh. quite a few years. Okay. Yeah, she had a lot of really great contacts in terms of uh, different artists that mm-hmm. you probably would not use normally. Uh, and so this book has a very different feel to it. Uh, the cover is very kind of straightforward. It's still super heroic, uh, but in a more like kind of pulpy Hellboy kind of way. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to turn anyone off. No, I don't think it's going to turn anyone off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, it looks pretty sweet, and the interior also looks pretty different. It's uh, a lot of black and red, and pretty pretty sweet looking. Yeah, yeah that's one of the nice. things that um, you know taking over Vigilance Press. Um, you know, in addition to being you know really slow um, at putting stuff out, <laughs> one of the Green things... knows nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
one of the things that I, I really loved and, and still love doing is working with different artists on different projects and actually um, building those connections with people and, and actually getting getting to change gears. You know, it's it's so much a part of the final project how it looks you know what what artists you choose really help kind of define that there's a um um a visual language that goes alongside the text and yeah. i oh, think for that sure. so many so many companies either don't have the assets to to really control that or you know they don't have the uh the the what's what's the word i'm looking for the the, the they don't have they don't have an art direction uh, sense um, that that allows them to to change gears for each project or they just don't have the you know it's not within the scope of their budget but yeah well one of the things of that I always true. loved about Green Ronin was that you had this full color artwork that really suited the tone and then when you put out a new book a lot of times that artwork would be focused around the tone of that book or it would help illustrate the tone of that book so well yeah yeah certainly on books like. Uh, Warriors and Warlocks and Mecha mm-hmm. and Manga and now with the Supernatural handbook um, mm-hmm. there, there's a significant difference between especially those three books um, but yeah and a lot of small publishing companies don't have somebody who is really an art director they have you know one or two people and most of you know it, they're probably creative types as opposed to artist types because um, <laughs> artist types aren't creative at all well, of course, that's what I mean. Um, no, what what I mean, I, I you know what I mean. I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, from a from a more... from a publisher perspective, when we think of the creator, we're we're thinking of the person who originates the project and creates yeah. the manuscript. You know, exactly. the, the writer, because exactly. that's kind of the I first. I never say artists are not creative. That's the first they're... step in the chain, and everybody else is sort of stepping in to support that element. Exactly. And exactly. uh, that's 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 the tricky part of uh, of being able to coordinate something where you have so many moving parts. Um, it's one of the reasons why you see kind of different art styles um, applied to comic books than you do to most role playing games, where you have um, you know artists working in tandem with other artists working in tandem with the writer. You have um, like a colorist and inker and a penciler uh, all on one book mm-hmm. you know they, they can be all different people but for most role-playing game companies and uh, I think Green Ronin um, is among these um, you tend to stick with artists who can, who do all 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 of the steps they go from soup to nuts you know, yeah. they, they deliver finished illustrations because you don't really have the time or manpower to coordinate with all these different people mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 so you get a different style when you're working that way, just because of the nature of of how the uh, how the artwork is put together. Yeah. Well, and I mean, from a from a comic standpoint, uh, a really good example of that uh, that I think a lot of people will be familiar with is uh, well, Hellboy is one because they've had a lot of very different artists over the years mm-hmm. um, who have the style is very appropriate to Hellboy, but it's very different. Like um, Guy Davis's art is not like really not the same as um, Mike Mignola's like very, very different, but it carries the same sort of cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah, It carries that mood. Um, And then going back to, to other comics, like look at uh, 
the early run uh, Kelly Jones, I want to say, is that right? On um, Sandman. Oh, geez, yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to remember, it, I think it was, was something was Jones. The original guy. Yeah. There was there was a. Um, I, I want to say Jones was the name, the last name. I can't remember his first name, but uh, there was an artist who was running on Sandman for a good stretch of those first big story arcs, and then the art started changing. And I remember reading in the letters page because I was reading Sandman as it was first coming out. Uh, it was one of the last books I bought in serial format as a comic but uh i noticed that neil gaiman the the author had basically begged the artist to stay on the artist had basically decided that he wasn't up to the task of illustrating the stories or something it was uh he wasn't he wasn't either that or he wasn't able to keep up with the pace of it and neil basically said you you know I love your work, and he's like, I don't think I'm up to this, and and so he'd kind of left, and and they brought in some wonderful fill-in artists, but it definitely changed the mood of the piece when you have um, someone step in uh, who hasn't been doing the art before, and and you you know you pick up the book and you notice. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. I'm looking here on Wikipedia. I think it was Kelly Jones was the first guy. Maybe it was Malcolm Jones the third. I cannot uh, remember honestly. Um, I would have to go scramble through my... Okay, he was the inker. Uh, Malcolm Jones was the inker. Okay. So anyway, but that's a good example of like how the art can change the feel, right? So you've Mm -hmm. got somebody like Kelly Jones, uh, and then you've got somebody later on like Charles Vess, who's Mm -hmm. much more... Uh, much more of almost like a fairy fantasy kind of look to it, and, and it very much changes the, the tone of the of the writing. Yeah, it um, went from so being that's, a very that's... kind of edgy horror book to a very fairy tale um, mm-hmm. romantic mm-hmm. book. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I'm not sure if Neil's writing was changing to suit the work, or or if uh, you know the work was changing to suit his writing. But, um, you know, it, it definitely did, they did, there was some synergy going on there. That would be yeah, an interesting absolutely. question. If I ever get a chance to have Neil on the show, I'll, I'll have to ask him that. Yeah, yeah. It's good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know people who know people. It's not impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be quite a scoop. That would be great. Yeah, um, it'd be great. I'd love it. If people want to hear Neil Gaiman, let me know and let him know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's that's a just a very good example. Uh, you know, Hellboy and Sandman are great examples of kind of how the art changes changes the story and changes the feel of it, and that's kind of what our our attempt is with, uh, especially with the Supernatural Handbook, to kind of uh, bring that sort of uh, aesthetic to mind. Yeah, and and that's what I'm really you know again I've 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 seen the raw text so I'm 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 gonna beg you after the show to send me a preview copy of the. Uh, the draft that you're working on and I'll see if I can't contribute some edits just superficially to give you an excuse. <laughs> but seriously, I really can't wait to see what the art looks like. And, and I hope everybody else is excited as my, and the fact that it's coming out, you know, in hopefully less than a week is just icing on the cake for me. So yeah, it should be good. And hopefully it'll inspire some people to get a, a, uh, supernatural style game running, um, and again, it's very much in the vein of it covers all sorts of stuff, but the, the main thrust of it is really kind of uh, Hellboy and the Goon and that sort of thing. 
Very cool. Very cool. And for people who don't know about the goon, I think they're doing a Kickstarter for that too, aren't they? The the animated movie. Oh yeah, they're doing the the animated movie. Yeah, it looks very cool. Yep. So, check that out too. Anyway, that plugging my fan stuff aside, um, Green Running also has a couple of other books coming up for mutants and masterminds. Um, where are you guys with? Uh, that's just picking off the top of my head. Uh, DC Universe. Uh, DC Universe is currently, uh, Steve and I are going through and double-checking all the math on the mm-hmm. characters, getting characters entered into um, getting characters entered into Hero Lab, mm-hmm. uh, which is a savior. Uh, and uh, that's going well. We have, I don't know how many are finished, but I think we have about 200 stat blocks in this book, uh, in the DC Universe book. Um, so there's, there's quite a few. It takes a while. Uh, I'm currently working on the Great Ten. I have the first member uh, of that team to, to enter when I'm. So I, I, I guess we can talk about the Great Ten now because I've been biting my yeah. tongue. I've been biting my tongue on those a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're in there. We've got we've got a lot. Of, let me open up my. Uh, so I actually know who wrote the Great Ten. So uh, I don't. Am I allowed to say, am I, that, that was one of Jacks. Was it Jacks? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who wrote anything. I just they're, they're all in a document, and I have to go through them all and, and enter them in and make sure they they make sense. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of characters in this book, and a lot of them are, I'll say they're third tier, maybe second tier in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's um, it's quite a few characters. Uh, the accomplished perfect physician is the first character I need to to work on. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me run through some of the stack block names here that I already have entered. Uh, so an Amazon warrior, Arian, Lord of Atlantis, uh, Atomic Knight, Black Pirate, Brute, uh, from the Omega Men, uh, Bruno oh, yeah. Man, uh, Cameron Chase, Checkmate Knights, uh, members of like, or a few members of uh, Gotham Central and uh, the Special Crimes Unit, uh, Metropolis SCU, I think it was Metropolis SCU, right? Yeah. Um, I, I know who worked on some of those, too, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. So uh, who are, uh, <laughs> the extremists are in this book. What's uh, that? Doc, the extremists, Dr. Mm-hmm. Diehard, Drew Slayer, Gorgon. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I remember I remember the stats I have for those for uh, the old uh, DC Heroes role-playing game, too. Those guys have been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's um, also because somehow they got forgotten and should have been in volume two uh johnny and jakeem thunder and his and their thunderbolt and um liberty cool. both liberty bells are going to be in this book um Kilowog is in here uh lady sticks oh a whole bunch of maggie sawyer so there's there's a ton of characters sasha bordeaux is in here scalp hunter sergeant rock solovar for the grod fans gorilla city mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of characters Yep. So yeah, I'm actually uh, really looking forward to that book. Um, yeah, that'll 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 complete. Then then I'll finally have that little block of my bookshelf filled instead of that little gaping space at the end of you know the DC Adventures one two three and blank. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, so that uh, should be coming soon. Um, it's been proofread. It's been edited. Uh, it, as soon as I get, uh, the stat blocks done, it's off to be laid out. 
Uh, Hal already has the lists of all the characters and places that we talk about in the book, so uh, I don't think he started getting the art together, but uh, we may do a crowdsourcing on that soon as well uh, on the Atomic Think Tank forums. So, 200 uh, characters is a little surprising. I wasn't expecting quite that many. I knew I knew that the book was going to be substantial and there was going to be a lot of content. but uh, Yeah, and a lot of them are, well, a lot of them. A fair number of them are things like, uh, you know, Manhunter Agent, Manhunter Android, Maggie mm-hmm. Sawyer does not have a gigantic stat block, you know, members of the SCU. Um, Sergeant Rock, not a huge stat block. Uh, he's because he's a normal guy, although pretty exceptional. Um, and in almost every case, the, the stat blocks in this book are the, the short stat blocks, so they're not the full mm-hmm. page. Um, and there may be characters like Superboy Prime who break that uh, break that mold. So is Prime uh, going to be in there? Yeah, I think so. Unless unless DC has us take him out, but uh, he is in there. He's quite powerful. Um, and yeah, so a lot of a lot of different characters. Very cool. Very cool. Well, definitely looking forward to that. Um, and um, you said we've. Uh, the one, the one book people were looking for that uh, kind of – we were originally hoping to have it out for Gen Con this year. It looks like it will be uh, bumped out of ways. Um, do we have any announcement on uh, Emerald City, the uh, Emerald City books? Yeah, Emerald City got pushed back mostly because we didn't have all the art in hand yet, and we still need to figure that out. Um, and it's probably just because of – we have other game lines that also need to get published. Probably going to be sometime in the first part, maybe in the th- first three or four months of next year. Okay. Which is unfortunate because it's been, it's kind of been ready to go for a while in terms of my work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just taken more to coordinate than we had originally thought. Cause it's, it's got a lot of art and maps and things like that. So uh, hopefully it'll end up looking that much stronger for the, the little bit of extra time. Yeah. I, I playfully remarked on uh, Facebook at one point how um, how ironic it was that, you know, as soon as you mention to somebody that you're a publisher, um, they tell you about an idea that they have for a writing project. And, um, you know, there there's no shortage of great ideas out there. The problem is you, you don't it, – it's like the further along in the production process, the fewer people there seem to be available to do that job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I need to get this done. Yeah, nobody can do that. So it's like, so. you know, as, as we go forward, it's like, well, how many pencilers are there? How many inkers? How many colorists? And then we get down to, okay, how many people who do who understand layout, you know, and, yep. and know how to do a good layout? And how many people who do good editing? You know, it's like finding somebody who can do those jobs is just, you know, you, you grab onto them and you're like, you want them to sign a contract in blood because you right, can't right. afford to lose them. <laughs> don't go anywhere yes um but so, yeah so we're uh we're slaving away trying to get everything out we want to get uh or not able to we want to get uh supernatural's book out the door and then dc adventures universe is next on the plate uh and then emerald city is after that so excellent cool and um i'm sure you guys will have some some new books to announce next year and some new lines to announce next year um and uh any 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 word on on uh, what your target frame might be for the uh, the compiled uh, power profiles? Um, 
I or is think that still that not decided on yet? Yeah, that kind of uh, that's actually not going to be a super difficult project to put together because it's just a matter of kind of stitching together a bunch of PDFs, mm-hmm. taking out that taking out that last page with the license on it, um, and then stitching it all together as a book. We still need to go through and collect errata and make some changes because I know there's things like um, we have energizing on a self healing ability that is not legal. Uh, and I should have caught that in development. And there's a, a couple of other instances of things that we just need to fix. So I just have to find the time to go through and do that. And as soon as I'm finished with that, I can send it to Hal and say, here you go, make these changes, put it together as a book and get it out the door. So cool. Uh, how many, how many more of the power profiles, uh, the weekly editions can we look forward to? You know, I don't even think we have a month left. Maybe, maybe it is a month. Um, We've got a, a few coming up. Let's see, last weekend, what did we put out this last week? I don't even remember. Uh, you know, uh, as, as I'm on the playtester list, I can't keep track of which ones are the playtest versions and which ones are the final versions. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I think Dimensional just came out. People are probably laughing at us. Cause yeah. Like, no? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Cosmic Powers, Time Powers. Yeah, so it must have been Dimensional Powers that was the it's most like, recent. You know, it's like, how much does the engineer on a train really know what's going on in the caboose? You know? yeah. Oh, maybe I lied. <laughs> maybe Cosmic Powers just came out. Maybe Dimensional is this next week. Did Cosmic I, Powers come out? I think so. Yeah, Cosmic, Cosmic definitely came out. And I, uh, I, I know we were looking at... I think we were looking at Dimensional. I don't think I've seen the finished version of that. Oh, yep, you're right. I gave it away. So Dimensional will be out this, this next week. Um, and then for Halloween, we will have a, a, an aptly-themed uh, power profile. Uh, and then, really, I think after that, I, I, I don't think there's four or five left before we're all wrapped up. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we've got some plans for the actual physical product and, and for the stitched together PDF. Uh, we're going to put in a little more content of uh, kind of some straggler ideas that wouldn't fit into a, a specific power profile, but would be pretty cool to include in and of themselves. So. Yep, and the, and, the, and the wonderful white space uh, that always creeps in there that, that Hal hates so much. No, that shouldn't be a problem with this one because <laughs> Steve's actually been writing in InDesign. Uh, yeah, I know that that was yeah. that was these these are some densely packed uh, supplements. Yeah. yeah, and it's been kind of good. He had a couple for a while. I don't remember which ones. I think it might have been the Marshall uh, Marshall Powers profile uh, where he uh, had a little space left over, and I had to suggest a number of other powers for him. He was like, oh, thank you, because I didn't want to leave any white space. <laughs> so we, uh, we had some had some good stuff. So, Yep, yep. And it's always fun seeing the art. So is there anything else coming up that you want to let people know about from uh, Green Running? Um, probably not just yet, although I know in the new year we will be starting not one but two. Uh, they will be biweekly, but two series of PDFs that we'll be launching. Okay. Uh, probably uh, beginning middle of January, those will start heading out the door. Yeah, because I know you guys just came back from your annual summit. Um, yes. And you had uh, so many plans being made. I was always, I'm always, I'm always wanting to be a a fly on the wall for those meetings. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. It was it was pretty entertaining. Uh, it's it's always interesting to sit down with everybody in a room that you work with all the time and see once a year or twice a year, really. Yeah, really. 
Of course, yeah, from your Facebook photos, I wonder if you know. I wondered, is that a business meeting or a pub crawl? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, certainly, uh, we have a number of foodies on the uh, on the team that like to go out and have some nice meals. So that's been pretty nice. Yeah. Well, um, thank you again for joining us, um, and uh, I hope everybody is uh, as eager to run over to Kickstarter and check out the Mutants and Masterminds tenth uh, anniversary. 10-year anniversary edition. Um, that's that's what you should search for. That's Mutants and Masterminds 10-year anniversary edition on Kickstarter.com, um, and it should pop right up there. Um, I'm gonna. I have found even just mutants works well. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. So um, you can you can look for for mutants on Kickstarter and 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 find John. Um, <laughs> actually i think it's chris premis but i wouldn't say anything about that and then you'll see chris yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, i encourage you all to uh check it out and if you are so inclined please do back it and uh when james launches his vigilance press uh the elements of ruin yes you should also check that out so, yeah so. we're really excited we'll be releasing some artwork that we've been hoarding um, Alex has been uh, Alex Williamson uh, has been turning in some amazing designs, creature and villain designs for Elements of Ruin. So we've got uh, just we've literally got armies of bad guys in this book that we're just eager to unleash upon you guys. So looking forward to to sharing that with everyone. But uh, thanks for the plug, John. And um, again. Thank you for stopping by, and uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you for having me on. Everybody listening, we'll talk to you again soon. Stay vigilant.